This is Dropped Among This Crowd, a podcast that dives into the music and community of improvisational progressive rock bands on Freeze Each week will feature a rotating schedule of insightful full show recaps, interviews with fellow Umphreaks, members of Team UM, as well as other musicians who have been inspired by and or played with the band. This is your place for all the latest news and happenings within the world of Umphreaks helping keep you informed on what's been recently released or where you can catch the next show. I'm your host, Sarah Jaginiak. Thanks for joining me as we dive in. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me for this week of Dropped Among This Crowd. I hope that you're able to check out last week's episode where I shared my conversation with Umphreys McGee drummer, Chris Myers. Chris and I talk about a whole bunch of things like his studio in Nashville and the experience of building a home studio. He talks a little bit about what it was like having his bandmates there back in February for Wrapped Around Nashville. We also talk about Kick the Cat. Chris takes us on a history of the band's formation and what they've been up to and what they plan to do in 2021. Their new album, Gurgle, is available June 25th. There will also be a review of that new album in June's issue of Conduit, so keep your eyes peeled for that. I will throw a link in the show notes where you can pre-order their new album or listen to them on Spotify, iTunes, and where you can also follow on social. We also talk about his other projects like Goodnight Nurse Publishing. He tells us about that company and what his plans are with that. And we also talk about how having different creative outlets helps him approach his craft differently. It's really interesting when he gets into that. Chris also talks about his history with music and growing up and what inspired him to start playing drums. He talks about teaching lessons and we talk a whole bunch about other music, like what was the first album that left an impact on his life, um, what bands influenced him. We talk about some of his favorite tours that he's seen. We talk about The Police and The Umphrey Show um, from Halloween 2019. He talks about what he's currently listening to, his post-show ritual. Geez, we talk about so many musicians, too. I mean, Jason Bonham and Neil Peart and Phil Collins and Genesis and Rush and Pink Floyd. And, I mean, we talk about a lot of other musicians, which is really great, too. Just an awesome, awesome conversation. I want to say thank you again to Chris for his time. You know, as Jake says, the hardest working man in show business. So he's got a lot of things going on, and I'm grateful that he took some time to have a conversation with me. I really appreciate it. There is a link in the show notes for where you can find the video or the audio of that chat if you missed it and want to check it out. This week, I'm going to be getting into what went down during the two nights the band played at SeatGeek Stadium in Bridgeview, Illinois on May 14th and 15th. Looking for a new way to stream your music or listen to your favorite podcasts? Check out this exclusive offer for DATC listeners. 
Head to getamazonmusic.com slash droppedamongthiscrowd to receive a 30-day free trial of Amazon Music. That's getamazonmusic.com slash d-r-o-p-p-e-d-a-m-o-n-g-t-h-i-s-c-r-o-w-d to get a 30-day free trial and unlimited access to 70 million songs, always ad-free, on Amazon Music. All right, so let's get into it. May 14th and 15th, Umphrey's Plan B Tour made a stop at SeatGeek Stadium in Bridgeview, Illinois. This is the second time the band played at this venue, using air quotes here. Also a drive-in style show this time around. The last time they played there was September 5th and 6th last year. The first shows they played in front of an audience in like, I don't know, six months, I think it was at that point. You can hear more about those shows in episode 123. And you can also hear conversations with folks about their experiences at the drive-in in episodes 120, 121, and 122. There's a whole series there about the drive-in show um, experience because it was still so very new to us at that point. Um, On those episodes, you'll hear Kevin Browning, Ryan Stasek, Sam Sutton, and some fans share their perspective of doing a drive-in show for the first time on those episodes. Lots of great conversations in those two. So check them out. Links for all that in the show notes. And interesting, I didn't notice this um, during the live stream for Atlanta, but at the end of both nights of the Chicago stream, they run the credits and there's a tune they play. And at the very end, the music is credited to Jake. And I'm like, holy shit, that's so awesome. A really moving instrumental piece that sounds like Something left on the cutting room floor during the Canyonland soundtrack recording sessions. Like, that's exactly what I envisioned when I heard it. It was just like a scene in that movie or something. Um, So, yeah, if they do any more streams and, you know, check it out. Watch the end and see if it's on there again. I haven't had a chance to ask Jake about that yet. But when I get a chance to talk to him about it and find out a little bit more I'll pass that along but it's a really great piece of music um so hopefully they continue to play that on the credits um for the tour gig streams because that was awesome I know everyone has been talking about Mr. Ben Factor and how he's been killing it these first few shows back out there this year I reached out to Ben to ask him about what he's been using this tour um specifically those video screens back in Atlanta Uh, Side note, Ben was a guest on the show, episode 109, which I will also link in the show notes um, if you haven't checked that out. And then there is also video of that um, on the show's YouTube page. Okay, so here's what Ben had to say. Plan B Tour was a great transition back into shows. The video walls were definitely a hit. Like last year, they were part of the venues, but I incorporated a trick this time that I didn't have in October. We routed the tour gigs wide shot into my video screen software, which created that layered effect of the lights on the screen. 
I saw it used on the 1975 at the O2 England show and really wanted to use it with Umphreys. It's a touchy thing that requires very careful placement of camera angles, brightness, etc. I got more and more comfortable each week and during the WAPI this weekend, shit got really cool. I plan on posting the clip when we get it. Nothing is permanent, but this was a great proof of concept run. Video walls and content have the potential to be really cool. Fuck yeah, Ben. I love this about Ben. And before I go on with the point I was going to make, I watched a little of the show that he mentioned from the band, the 1975. um, And I will link the show that he talked about in the show notes, because as soon as you see it, you're going to know exactly what he's talking about. And this is what I really like about Ben, that he seeks a lot of outside inspiration and not only outside inspiration from the fact of outside of Umphreys, but outside of the genre of Umphreys music, which of course it's hard to put them in a genre, but it's, it's something completely different. I honestly had never heard of the 1975 until I spoke to Ben Factor. Um, so there's a, a, a point right there is he's being inspired by these other bands and bringing it to the table and trying it out. And it's really freaking awesome. And I love that. I love that he has that freshness to him. Um, I was talking to some friends yesterday, earlier this week, um, about Ben Factor and how he's been doing and also talking about Waffle and, you know, no disrespect to Waffle. Um, I think he's a great guy. I've always had great encounters with him. Um, he's also been a guest on the show. Um, but I love the the freshness that, that Ben brings to the table now. And I think it was just time for everybody for that. So I'm really grateful that they've, they've got Ben and that he's in for the long haul because I, I love his vision and, and what he, what he brings to the table too. So it's been great watching him through the screen these past couple of stops. And I'm really excited to watch him in person at the end of June when I finally get my chance to see some live music. Uh, Ben also recently tweeted about something he recently wrote about using time-coded lighting programming at the recent Pontiac shows. A quick, very interesting read, um, and I will link that in the show notes in case you wanted to check that out too. All right, so on to these two nights in Bridgeview. The first night would get started with a nice fatty attachment, clocking in at 15 minutes total, getting into the gritty of it about seven minutes, and keeping its tenacity as it continues on, cooling its heels and loosening its grip, but keeping its momentum and really gathering up all sorts of energy as it starts to set its sights on home, deciding to full of light, smoothly and lightly float into an emotional words. I've personally taken this one for a spin a few times. I just freaking love that song. And I know many others do too. (laughs) In the kitchen, next, dancing off about four minutes, getting really, really funky as it continues on and starting to get a little robotic at the end as it leaves 
in the kitchen unfinished until later in this evening and instead reveal itself as second self. With that creamy Bayless solo on our way out, intentions clear, next starting to get into it about five minutes, embracing its lounge lizard roots as it saunders on, finding itself wrapped up nicely inside this jam a few minutes later, exploding out and falling back to earth about six minutes later, and embodying a hopeful light and twinkling vibe as we make our way out of intentions clear, leaving us with anticipation as to where we're going next, revealing the answer by stomping defiantly into In the Black. Set one of night one in Bridgeview would end with Believe the Lie. This was 100% put on my 2021 Hall of Fame list. Take that one for a spin. If you haven't, you will not be disappointed, I promise. Bayless throwing out a silly band name that even made him chuckle, and it still makes me chuckle, before leaving the stage for set break. We are Joel Cummins and the Hot Flashes. I think in Pontiac we got, we are Joel Cummins and the Archery Range. I think, I I don't know. It was pretty silly. Yeah, I think it was Archery Range now that I remember correctly. <laughs> this second set is 100% a perfect example. And I think even kind of goes beyond the example of what I meant by second set magic in the Atlanta and New Haven recap episode. If you missed that, there is a link in the show notes. Starting off with this just absolutely fire Hurtbird bass sandwich. This is just nasty, just ridiculous. <laughs> and inside that sandwich, half delayed would be nestled inside. And this is also a great example of needing the option to vote for something like this in its entirety as one vote on Hall of Fame. Because again, all parts of, the, of this are important to the story. And obviously, I tucked this onto my 2021 Hall of Fame list. Starting off the adventure, like I mentioned with her birdbath, wandering off into the unknown about three minutes. And you know what? I will admit, it was hard to, like, find words, notes to talk about this one. Only because every single time I would cue it up and start listening to it, I would get so fucking lost inside this jam that I would just like lose my thought. And then, you know, I'd be coming out of the jam and I'd be like, oh shit, like I didn't make any notes. Just so lost in my own thought. And I mean, I guess that's really what we want, right? That wonderful moment when we're lost and tucked inside this killer jam and just all is right in the world. Really gathering all sorts of energy and resonating out about three minutes later, sliding back into Hurt Birdbath about seven minutes as it makes its way back out into the atmosphere. It begins to slip into the jam I mentioned before, really getting lost inside of, starting to take shape slightly before nine minutes, spinning around as it gathers itself together, really succumbing to itself about 11 minutes and just allowing it to all dance away, coming out of her bird best so mystically and revealing half delayed. Building up momentum on its way out as it starts to 
full of determination, set its sights back on her bird bath, takes a little bit of a detour on the way to its final destination. And like I said, as no surprise to you, this whole sandwich definitely found a spot on my 2021 list. This whole jam and the moment in there that I was talking about is exactly the kind of stuff that Jimmy Rogers and Rob Turner will be unpacking and digging further into those Umphreys wow moments on their show coming soon on DATC Media, appropriately titled the Umphreys Wow Show. You can hear a little bit more about what they have in store for that on the live stream announcement from last month, the video, the very raw video, my first time ever doing a live stream, um, is up on the show's YouTube page if you missed that. And of course, links in the show notes. Back to this set list, having a defiant mechanical and maniacal tone to half delayed as it makes its way out, starting about four minutes piecing together and resonating full out so sly and kind of sneaky building itself back into her bird bath starting to lay the beginning pieces of the foundation slightly after seven minutes quickly putting the legos back together a hundred percent give that one a ride if you haven't like seriously do it up next another tune that found its way onto my 2021 list resolution this one would put on a free fallen by tom petty jam very early on as it slips out of resolution about two minutes ish and i want to thank jimmy rogers or as you know him nachos for all on twitter for this fact that i'm about to lay on you other tunes that a free fallen jam has appeared in the fuzz February 3rd, 2011, DBK, July 4th, 2011, The Bottom Half, March 10th, 2011, June 3rd, 2011, October 26th, 2012, March 5th, 2014, and February 5th, 2016, and also appeared in resolution a couple other times, August 18th, 2016, November 4th, 2017, and November 1st, 2019. Running Down a Dream, also a Tom Petty tune, was debuted by Umphreys on October 20th, 2017. Ironically, 18 days before his passing. If you're not following Jimmy Rogers, a.k.a. Nachos for All, on Twitter, you need to. Because he always has this awesome knowledge. So... Follow him if you're not. This one would slide right back into resolution about two minutes later, wandering back out into the neighborhood about a minute later, giving us a little in-the-kitchen vibe. Remember, the conclusion of that has not come back yet, but deciding it wasn't time yet and instead embodying a funky intergalactic robotic dance party, Jake raining down a little Eminence front tease, before dabbling in that in the kitchen tease again, ping-ponging between allowing it to take some flight and dropping into that in the kitchen tease, carrying a little more funkiness each time it dances back in, setting it down, delicately dancing along as we float into 
glory. This next one, it was interesting when listening back to it on Nugs to see the timestamp of the entire journey because from beginning to end, it's only about 14 minutes, which if you're saying that about anything else, it seems like, oh my God, 14 minutes, that's so long. But we're talking about Upfree songs here, okay? So <laughs> it was surprising that it was only 14 minutes when I looked at it because it feels like we were on this ride for longer than that with the incredible twists and turns we go on. I'm, of course, talking about Draconin. Another example of a whole story needing to be included in one vote. And as I'm sure you could assume, this whole thing, again, found its way onto my 2021 list. Allowing this one off the leash slightly before four and a half. Teasing and thinking that we're about to go back into in the kitchen. But nope, not yet. Going to go on one more stroll around the block just nonchalantly walking into the end of In the Kitchen a few seconds later. I just love that whole thing. Then just floating right into the lyrics at the end of Draconin. That was just so good. It really was. And Night One in Chicago coming to a close with 40s and the opportunity for one more chance to get it all out with the encore for the first evening Wizard Burial Ground. Do you have a small business that makes shirts, pins, jewelry, stickers, prints, or sells other interesting products or art that you think peeps would love to get their hands on? Is your band looking to get some attention from fellow music-loving umfreaks? Maybe you provide an awesome service that would make folks' lives better or easier and want some like-minded clientele. Or perhaps you're looking to hire some cool people to work with. Let Dropped Among This Crowd Media Company help you get the word out. With ad space in monthly issues of Conduit Magazine, commercial spots here on this podcast and other podcasts across our network, and so much more, Dropped Among This Crowd Media Company can help you reach tons of fellow umfreaks, musicians, and other kind folks looking to purchase from you, work with you, and support their fellow um family. Check out our website, datcmediacompany.com, or email sarah at datcmediacompany.com. That's S-A-R-A at D-A-T-C-M-E-D-I-A-C-O-M-P-A-N-Y dot com. If you're interested in chatting more.
that brings us to night two in Bridgeview slash Chicago. The band recently released video of the full show from the 15th on their YouTube page. Um, You will find a link for that also in the show notes if you want to watch it, you missed it, or rewatch it again. Night two would kick off with the walkout tune, Bathing Digits, transforming right into Malchais to really get the evening started, dropping into the depths of the jam slightly about four minutes, enjoying a nice adventure around the block before coming back into Malchais about four minutes later. Professor Wormbog dancing out next, getting into something a little more comfortable slightly after two minutes, salsing its way back into Wormbog a few minutes later. And side note, if you haven't listened to my conversation with Jake, you need to do that anyways. Um, But in there, he talks about Professor Wormbog and writing the song. And it's, it's really cool. So listen to that. Similar Skin next. This version would come in about 15 minutes and would begin its journey as it slips down the rabbit hole slightly before three and a half, picking itself up and beginning to dance along, continuing to gain momentum, allowing itself to spread its wings and soar way out, cooling its heels about five minutes later and embracing its sweeter side. Similar skin starting to peek its way out slightly before 11 minutes, rapidly piecing itself together and fully stomping back into sim skin about a minute later. Getting weird, mystical, and robotic before dissipating away, just leaving Jake there, laying down the pathway that we're about to dance on into tribute to the spinal shaft. This jam just kind of side rounds the corner about eight and a half and just starts to ooze, just ooze this goopy, industrial, metallic griminess. Like, that's just what it is. It sounds like a big, fat-ass motorcycle with its engine running in the driveway. Every time I hear it, I swear to God, I just put on a stank face. Every time, it's just this, I'm making like a thing with my hand, and of course you can't see it, but it's just, ugh, I love it. Dragging itself along as it mechanically attaches these heavier pieces to itself, like almost like this massive monster just building itself larger as it consumes everything in its path, and just like this massive like robotic arm, just like, you know, just attaching so forcefully like I really wish that I could draw or even like adequately describe what I see in my head when a jam like that is going on like I have like almost this cartoon but not like a cartoon in like a kid way like you know like an adult cartoon so the animation is you know it's just when they get into jams like this it's incredible like the thought that I have the visual that I have Getting itself into this massive, almost tornado-like tizzy, emitting energy that is just, it just seems like it's destroying everything it's touching. Like, it's going out, and as soon as it, like, hits them, it's just like, boom. You know, it's just just destructive, massive 
jam. It's just, I love that kind of shit so much. Slipping back and forth in and out of that industrialness before abruptly putting the brakes on. I'm going to be honest, I would have liked to see Tribute end in a different direction into the next tune, Educated Guess, but I still did put this tribute on my 2021 list because I love the depth of the jam. I mean, it's just so sick. And maybe when, if they put it on a Hall of Fame album, placed in the right order, it'll go into something perfectly that maybe hasn't even been created yet. So, but that jam is really sick too. So give that one a listen for sure. Educated guess. That one is definitely coming along nicely. I'm sure I've mentioned this before that I love the studio version of this tune, but I haven't really loved them playing it live. But this version is starting to give me a different perspective on that. Suxity next, dedicated to Murphy Browning. Kevin's daughter, who it was her 10th birthday party. She requested that one. Funkingly dancing off slightly after three minutes, slipping into something a little more comfortable a few minutes later, really feeling like it could lift its heels off the ground about seven and a half, but keeping it close to the belt and deciding to build momentum into the appropriate partying peeps to end the first set. Set two for this final evening in Chicago. Again, another great example of that second set magic I've been talking about. Not fucking around from the word go with this set. Setting the stage for what we were in for with this next tune with the triple wide. I love, 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 capital letters, love. The way Jake just rips the universe and triple wide tumbles out. Just, ugh, hell yes, let's do this. And a nice fuck yeah, Joel, slightly before five minutes. Ugh, this is another one like that hurt bird bath from night one. Every time I would try to write some notes about it, I would just get so entranced in being in it. So if you haven't already, get yourself lost inside that jam. For real. Or do it again. Seriously. That's all I'm going to say about that. (laughs) Joel moving us sweetly into the next part of our story that would quickly reveal itself as the floor. This one would drive off slightly before three and a half. And we would proceed to get finger tapping madness rain down on us and straight up rocking out because sometimes... That's just what you need. I thought about it too. This is another reason why I love this band. That jam in the triple wide before this was so great to get lost inside of because of its own reason. And this one in the floor was good to get lost inside of for a different emotion. But it satisfied everything you need. All these different emotions that we feel. I just love that. We get that at an Umphrey show. We're able to process all these different emotions that we feel. I think it's great. 
The next tune dedicated to Smitty. I guess he'd never been to the show before, so welcome to him. Hope he had a wonderful time. And this was a hell of an introduction, a Phil's sandwich that when looking at the timestamp of the whole thing, came in at about 12 minutes-ish from front to back. But there's a lot that unfolds in that time. I said the same thing about the Dracon and Sammy from set two of night one. This first part of the story, the front half of Phil's, rages right in at three minutes, schizophrenically ping-ponging between its multiple personalities of having it together, then just completely rocking the fuck out, revving itself up and revealing the meat in this sandwich, a nice little soul food too, putting the brakes on quickly and taking the exit for Phil's. That one is fun to be inside too. And I love that they put soul food too in there too. That was, that was a nice little direction. Divisions and necks getting lost in some serious perk world action about four and a half, stomping its feet back and making its way into divisions about four minutes later, really getting into the grittiness of it slightly after nine minutes. Stasic laying those Legos as we get going, embracing a very sultriness to it as it dances on, starting to find some funkiness as it leaves divisions as an afterthought for now, slowing it down and steering the ship into fussy Dutchman, embarking on a dreamy Bayless solo that would float right into a little happy birthday tease for the birthday girl a few before five and a half and then float out and off on its own, nosediving back into Dutchman less than two minutes later. The second set of night two would end with mail package getting especially sticky and grimy thanks to Stasic about three minutes Continuing this dirty little jam that tumbles itself back into mail package only about two minutes later. And encore for the final evening in Chicago, a powerful full band wait around beautifully into the equally powerful conclusion of Divisions. Wow. Okay. So that's everything I have for this week of the show. There are a ton of links in the show notes for anything I may have referenced throughout this entire episode, as well as where you can give a listen to these two nights in Bridgeview. If you haven't given them a spin yet, or of course you want to listen again, there's also a link in the show notes where you can binge on past episodes, book a conversation, and be a guest on the show, snag some of the just-released merch, the recent and past issues of Conduit from the official DATC store, get yourself a subscription to Conduit Magazine, check out the new Dropped Among This Crowd media company website, and so, so, so much more stuff. So make sure you check all of that out. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you around these parts next week. Mad love.